Liberalism is back in style. Welcome to the evolution. So you don't get you don't get no money from the Democrats. They should be paying you like a million dollars a year. Like you're you're, you're like a secret weapon for them. Gary, would you mind repeating that slower this time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you're so good at what you do. I mean, you know what you're talking about. The, the Democrat Party should be sending you one way, either out in the open or, or, or under the table, at least a million dollars a year for what you do. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest arbitrum now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words, I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is DougBasham.com. Last name spelled B as in bravado. A-S-H-A-M, as in Marilardo, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. If you are new to this show, on my website, again, DougBasham.com, you will find links <clears throat> to every website associated with this show, in particular, links to all my social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok on four of which we both broadcast this show live and archive the shows. Quick couple favors. On my website, first click on the YouTube link. Once there, click on the link that says live, whereupon you can either watch the show live or view the archive shows. But most importantly, click on the subscribe link, if you would. Second, also on my website, click on the TikTok link. Once there, click on the follow link. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks, if you want to talk on the radio later, as in our second half hour. And I'll give you the whole second half hour if you want it. You just have to reach out and take it. That's 702-221-SAVE, as in save our democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do. Lock him up. As we've done the past few days, I want to begin today with a hearty shout out to my UAW union brothers in their ongoing strike. For those who haven't heard, I am a former member of the Musicians Union and a current member in good standing of the ITPEU, 
the Industrial Technical Professional Employees Union. So, yep, I am a union guy and always have been. Stay strong, my union brothers. Your fight is just your fight is righteous, at least according to a book so many Christians in this country have never read, the Bible. And that reminds me, once upon a time, the Lord saith, whew, I just created a 24-hour period of alternating light and darkness on earth. And an angel said, what are you going to do now? And the Lord saith, you know, I'm tired, let's just call it a day. And when the Lord saith, I need someone to build an ark, that same angel said, I know a guy. And you know how angels greet each other? Halo! And speaking of cars, a lot of people who do read the Bible, they don't even know this. Namely, that the twelve disciples traveled in a Honda. It's right in the Bible. It says they were all in one accord. Now, getting back to what I state at the top of every show, namely, that our only goal in every show we do is to save our democracy. And I got to say, it's always nice when the legitimate president of the United States, your commander-in-chief, agrees with me. Speaking at an event Monday night, <clears throat> President Biden said, quote, In 2024, democracy is on the ballot once again. And let there be no question, Donald Trump and his MAGA Republicans are determined to destroy American democracy, and I will always defend, protect, and fight for our democracy. That's why I am running, end quote. Which is great, Mr. President, and you folks listening or watching have heard me say this in the past, I believe Joe Biden needs to speak these words a whole lot more and in public, not at a private event. He needs to utilize the bully pulpit and the largest megaphone in the world that the presidency of the United States affords him. Drop into a press briefing, Joe, like Trump used to do almost every day. The president receives more coverage. Deliver an address to the nation, and not just once in a blue moon. And if I may... Might I suggest you take a page from the right-wing propaganda-hate media, wherein one of their main tools is fear. However, there's a caveat to that. What they do is they fear-monger, which has traditionally been defined as exaggerating impending danger. It isn't fear-mongering if you present the true danger or threat honestly. There is nothing wrong or imprudent about telling the American people that there is something they genuinely have to fear, in this case, the loss of their democracy. There's also nothing wrong or reckless with adding some urgency to your message, and as I already mentioned, with some consistency and regularity. I believe our democracy is in more peril now than it was in 2020 and that the stakes have never been higher. And that threat should not be relegated to private meetings or a one-off before the United Nations. Relatively speaking, there's nothing they can do. Only the American people can do something about it, and they can only do that 
if they know it is incumbent upon them and imperative for them to do so. They need to be made to understand the genuine threat they face, and that can only happen if you speak to them. And often, if you only drag it out once a year in a matter of days, if not hours, it's already gotten lost in the ever-evolving and constantly changing news cycle. This genuine danger and existential threat, in my not always humble opinion, needs to be first and foremost front and center and constant. And don't be afraid to raise your voice and bang your fist on your lectern. As The Economist wrote in 2020, quote, professional fearmongers draw a larger, more receptive audience than purveyors of restrained analysis, end quote. In other words, don't be afraid of scaring people because your cause is just and right. I would make the argument the American people need to be scared. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It is common knowledge and general consensus that fear can be a powerful motivator. Too many people in this country do not participate in our democracy enough to know their democracy is under attack. A presidential primetime address, or better yet, presidential primetime addresses, might make them aware of what the political reality in this country is. And who knows? They might start paying more attention. Hell, they might even start to vote. And if you are honest with them and you convey the truth about the th threat this nation faces from within and from where, they'll likely vote for you. Trump and his media lied about threats this nation was facing, and he won. I have to believe honest dissertations regarding our true threat would lead to an even greater victory. Mr. Biden also said this at his Monday night event, quote, I will not side with dictators like Putin. Maybe Trump and his MAGA friends can bow down and praise him, but I won't, end quote. Again, solid sentiment, Mr. President, and if you'd like, add that to your national address speech. But keep the focus on the threat here at home from within, from Trump, from Trumpism and in particular, Trump's brain-dead, violent, mega-cult base. President Biden also said, quote, I want the entire nation to join me in sending the strongest, clearest, most powerful message possible that political violence in America is never, never, never acceptable, end quote. Couldn't agree more, Mr. President, but if you want the entire nation to join you in sending that message, it might behoove you to tell the entire nation that's what you want them to do and why, not just a select group at a private event. Yes, your administration has done some more, they've had some more than impressive wins in your first two and a half years, but how many people actually know what they are? Would it not behoove you to tell the nation what you've been able to accomplish? But again, that's secondary to the danger our democracy faces. 
The right-wing propaganda hate media is telling their lobotomized audience that you haven't done a thing, Mr. President, and that all you have done is destroy our country. And they do that every day, every hour, every minute. And while you like to keep busy trying to accomplish things for the American people, which is noble, which is righteous, none of what you have or are able to achieve will matter a hill of beans if Trump wins the election next year or if he refuses to leave, plunging our nation into yet another constitutional crisis. And as I've said before, the American people sent a loud, strong message in 2020. They were done with the orange trader. So I'm not so afraid of him winning. I don't think he will. What I am afraid of is him losing. We saw what happened the last time he lost. He did not go quietly into the good night. And take this Yahoo News YouGov poll released just yesterday, and I'll read from the actual story on Yahoo News. Quote, in last month's Yahoo News YouGov poll, President Biden led former President Donald Trump by a solid margin, 47% to 41%, in a hypothetical election day matchup between the 2024 Democratic and Republican frontrunners. Before that, Biden had led Trump in every Yahoo News YouGov poll since February and in 10 of the 11 Yahoo News YouGov polls conducted this year. However, over the last few weeks of summer, Biden's consistent advantage has evaporated amid growing concerns about his age and fitness for another term, as well as a long-shot impeachment push by House Republicans. Meanwhile, Trump appears to be gaining momentum despite the 91 criminal charges lodged against him since the start of 2023. According to the latest Yahoo News YouGov survey of 1,636 U.S. adults, which was in the field from September 14th to 18th, Biden and Trump would now tie at 44% apiece among registered voters if the election were held today. Another 7% remain undecided, while 4% said they would not vote. End quote. Now, you can say what you want about polls, but almost every poll has shown Biden and Trump running neck and neck. And of course, the initial reaction has to be, how could this be? Well, just maybe it's a result of what I've been running my mouth on for the last 10 minutes. You think? Maybe? Just spitballing here. I'd be curious to hear what you think. Am I off base or am I spot on as usual? Okay, that was a little arrogant. <laughs> but seriously, do you agree or not? And let's do a reverse scenario here just for kicks and giggles. Let's pretend Donald Trump was our current president and he was a decent person. I know it's a gargantuan leap <laughs> stretch for any real world dweller's psyche and could leave lasting long life scars. But try and imagine if you can. And let's say it was Joe Biden who was still lying about losing in 2020 and running again, even though he'd been indicted four times on 91 felony counts. What do you think Trump would be doing now? You know what he would be doing. 
He'd be in front of the microphone and camera in the White House press briefing room every single day, railing on the Democratic Marxists and fascists. Hell, he's doing that now from his retirement home at Marilardo when it isn't even true. You don't think he'd be doing the same now from the White House if it were true? Oh, hell yeah, he would. And every single damn day. And he would be right to do so. As I've said in the past, Trump used the bully pulpit of the presidency on a daily basis to lie to the American people. All I'm asking is that President Biden utilize that same bully pulpit and megaphone to tell the American people the truth. And often, that's all. Do you agree or disagree? Tom Nichols is an American writer, academic specialist on international affairs, and retired professor at the U.S. Naval War College. He wrote an article in The Atlantic yesterday, and he echoed sentiments I've been saying for years. This is what Nichols wrote, quote, Americans are sleepwalking through this national emergency, and that includes Democrats and the media, end quote. Looking at you, NBC, Meet the Press, and Kristen Welker, looking at you. And stick a pin in Kristen Welker and her embarrassing, shameful interview with Trump that never should have happened. We'll get back to that later. Nichols continued, quote, Democrats and their liberal allies claim to be in full mobilization mode to stop Trump and defang his threat to the constitutional order. But are they? How much more hand-wringing will they do over Biden's age, over whether he's doing enough for climate change, or to forgive student loans? How many more times will Trump's opponents in the pro-democracy coalition internalize the right's criticism about spending, about inflation, about gasoline, and to respond to them as if Republicans care one whit about policy? Because, of course, they don't. End quote. David Rothkopf is a foreign policy, national security, and political affairs analyst and commentator. He's the author of 10 books, his most recent offering being Traitor, A History of American Betrayal from Benedict Arnold to Donald Trump. Or, as you've heard me call him often on this show, Benedict Donald. Here's what David had to say. We'll hear the question he's asked and his response. What do you make of the state of our democracy as it stands on the world stage and Biden's representation and defense of it? Well, I think the world knows that democracy in the United States is in a more fragile state um, than it has been in any of our lifetimes. So that Donald Trump uh, and the people around Donald Trump represent um, that threat. Uh, and they could return to power. Having said that, they also know who Joe Biden is. Joe Biden ran about defending democracy. When he speaks in private to Democratic donors, he speaks of defending democracy. When he gets on the world stage, he talks about defending democracy. And again, I would ask, how many people hear that message in either a private event or a one-off before the United Nations? I would submit, not very damn many. David Rothkopf continued. He takes steps to defend democracy against 
Trump's friends like Vladimir Putin uh, in Ukraine. Uh, he has done everything that you can imagine from an American president who understands the job and understands the states in order to protect democracy. And right there, I cannot agree. While I do agree that Biden definitely understands the job as well as the stakes, I don't see that he's done everything an American president could to alert the American people as to the existential threat they face. And I'm not putting Rothkopf down. I like him, and I've often featured sound clips from him on this show. I just don't agree with this one point. Mr. Rothkopf continued. And I think the reason he's running again is because he realizes that he and Kamala Harris represent the last best hope of the United States to defeat the Trump forces, to defeat the authoritarian forces in the United States, and to preserve our democracy. And I don't think that's an overstatement. I agree. That's not an overstatement. But did you hear what he said? Biden is running again because he realizes he and Kamala Harris represent the last best hope of the United States to defeat the Trump forces, to defeat the authoritarian forces, and to preserve our democracy. That's great. He realizes what the problem is and he's running to defeat it. I have no problem with that. But what is far more important than Biden realizing what the threat is, is that he do whatever it takes to make sure as many Americans as he can reach, they realize that he's the last best hope to eliminate this threat. Tara Setmeyer is a political commentator, a contributor to ABC News, and a former QOP communications director on Capitol Hill. In January 2020, Setmeyer was named as a Harvard Institute of Politics Spring 2020 Resident Fellow. Sounds impressive. Also in January 2020, she joined the Lincoln Project as a senior advisor and hosts the live show The Breakdown alongside co-founder Rick Wilson on the organization's streaming channel LPTV. Regular listeners to this show already know Tara is one of my very favorites, and she's about to show you why. Needless to say, she agrees with me. And again, we'll hear the questions she's asked and then her response. You know, um, Tara, you know, Tom Nichols was, you know, pretty critical of the media for a lot of reasons, which I think has not learned at all how to cover Trump. I think full stop. The media writ large is still covering him the same way they did in 2016 and 2020. Um, but also Democrats who, and look, the issues that Democrats are in complaint of the Biden administration about are important. Student loan debt, uh, you know, relief would, would change millions of American lives. Um, you know, he's doing a lot on climate, but also gave Joe Manchin a lot. Those are legitimate complaints. But I think Tom Nichols' point is that arguing about that and about Biden's age and like nitpicking that right now, when on the other side is Trump and DeSantis and people like Ramaswamy, seems short-sighted. Um, what do you make of that criticism? Uh, my good friend Tom Nichols is 100% correct about this. You know, we joke, I joke all the time with my Democratic friends and say, uh, you know, Republicans fall in line, Democrats need to fall in love. That's, that's the joke, you know, amongst us in Washington about this. And I just sit back and I go, what are you guys doing? None of these policy positions matter if our democracy falls apart. 
And I don't think that the case has been made enough comparing and contrasting what that means. I don't think people really truly understand what we're facing here, what the existential threat to our democracy looks like. Democracy is a decision. Democracy does not defend itself. Institutions do not defend themselves. It takes the righteous anger of the American people to stand up and push back against the authoritarian forces that are now coalesced behind one major political party in this country. This next election, President Biden was 100% correct. It is about democracy. It's America or Trumpism, period, full stop. I just came back from a conference in Germany, and I can tell you that there were a lot of high-powered folks there, from elected officials to business leaders, who looked at us Americans who were there and said, you guys cannot fail. There is no one else to replace you in America as the beacons of democracy in the world. Europe and the rest of the world cannot survive if American democracy falls. It was a very sobering experience to hear our European allies plead to us saying, what are you guys doing there? We need you. Who fills that power vacuum? It sure as hell isn't a pro-democracy country. It's Russia. It's China. It's our enemies who would fill that vacuum if America went under. So for President Biden to step up, which I think he's doing an excellent job of doing, to step up and explain that that's what's on the ballot, I think that the Democrats need to understand this and coalesce around that message and explain to the American people what it means if we lose our democracy. Lincoln Project has put out all week long, we're putting out pro-Biden, pro-democracy messaging to remind people this is what's at stake, this is what he's doing, and this is the choice. And that's what the messaging has to be moving forward. President Biden was doing an excellent job at stepping up and explaining the democracy is on the ballot. Yeah, in private meetings, in a one-off with the UN. But earlier you heard her say that, quote, I don't think the case has been made enough what that means. I don't think people truly understand what we're facing here, what the existential threat to our democracy looks like, end quote. And on that, I agree completely. But I would ask, upon whose shoulders does it fall to ensure the American people do understand what we're facing here and what the existential threat to our democracy looks like? I mean, I can talk till I'm blue in the face. I'm one guy on one station. MSNBC reaches, what, one, two million people a night out of 340 million? There is only one person and one person alone who can command a much, much larger audience, and that is the President of the United States. Back to David Rothkopf. We'll first hear MSNBC's Joy Reid and the questions she ultimately asked. Um, you know, to the point that Tara made about being overseas, um, David, I just came back from Spain and from Ghana. And I can tell you, we had a lot of interesting political conversations in, in Ghana. And when we talk about American democracy here, you know, a lot of people who come and immigrate here, like my parents did, think of the America as sort of the premier democracy. And they get here and find out about the racism, some of the other things. But one of the things that people would say to us, my husband and I in Ghana, is you all talk a lot about democracy, but you couldn't defend your own capital against a bunch of, you know, yahoos who decided to ransack it. You, you know, half your people don't believe your elections are legit. Your democracy is no stronger than ours. And to the point about China and Russia, oh, China and Russia are filling the vacuum right now on the continent where the U.S. is absent without official leave is really not there. It's the, it's the Chinese and the Russians that are in there 
doing development and taking the side of people there when they say we don't want European colonialism anymore. We want them out. We want uh, Europe to stop stealing from us. And so, you know, do we have a, a challenge in terms of like the continent where you have 1.6 billion, mainly young people? And it's and, it, and they do question whether we're the beacon of democracy, because we haven't been historically, nor has the West been for them. Well, in the past, when we have thought of ourselves as the beacon of democracy, surely we've been an imperfect beacon. Um, but nonetheless, the world sees us shining more brightly than any other such beacon. And right now, the world's heart is in its throat because they realize that literally within a matter of months, just 14 months from now, uh, Donald Trump could win re-election and democracy as the world has known it in the United States would be over. He would fire people from the government who opposed him. He would work with red state governors to ensure that only Republicans ever won again. He would work with the Supreme Court to strip away fundamental rights of people, including the right to vote. Uh, and we would not be able to recover from that. Uh, and they know it. And they see China out there, but they also see the forces of ethno-nationalism, Vladimir Putin, Viktor Orban, the right in Europe, Bolsonaro in Brazil, Bibi Netanyahu in Israel, Modi in India, all of these as forces that do not value democracy. And if we step back, they and the Chinese and the Russians, as you describe it, um, will step in and democracy will begin to recede everywhere we look. So I think in the United States, um, as Tom suggests, as Tara suggests, as you suggest, we've all got to be one issue voters. We've got to set the other stuff aside, because if we're not one issue voters now, we're not going to get another chance. We're not going to get the opportunity to debate other issues. They're going to be imposed upon us by MAGA folks like Donald Trump and the people who are funding him, the real people behind the MAGA movement. And I think that's got to be chilling to every American, regardless of their political party. And on that, I could not agree more. We have to be one-issue voters. I also agree it is chilling, that is, to anyone who understands the existential danger and threat we face. And a quick thank you to Richie on the YouTube chat. He says, classy shirt, Doug. Hey, Richie, you and I go back. You know I'm a classy guy. Now back to... My gal, Tara Setmeyer. But before we hear from her, I want you to hear how Joy Reid sets up her next question, reminding us how the orange cockroach was received when he spoke before the United Nations. The world laughed at him, which is the reaction most clowns actually want and usually receive. Well, and also there's the ridiculousness of him on the world stage. I think, you know, MAGA people, they adore Donald Trump. They kind of worship him like sort of the golden calf, uh, or as my, uh, my uh, auntie says, the golden jackass. <laughs> that is what my aunt says. That is not what I'm saying. But they worship him like he is a god. And here, let me show you how he was treated um, on the world stage last time he did this same speech that Biden is doing today. This was in 2018, Donald Trump. Today, I stand before the United Nations General Assembly to share the extraordinary progress we've made. In less than two years, my administration has accomplished more than 
almost any administration in the history of our country. America's so true. <laughs> Didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay. Is it, it, Tara, do you think it's necessary or can, is even possible for base Republican voters to understand that that is how the rest of the world views their God? You know, I'm not sure that gets through to them. They think of him as some sort of conquering world hero, but they're the only ones who think that. He is a joke around the world, and people are horrified by the thought that American voters would put him back in office. And I don't think they get that. Joy, it's not that they don't get it. It's that they just don't care. They watched this guy grovel before Vladimir Putin's feet, and they didn't care. They watched him mock a disabled person, and they didn't care. They watched him call Gold Star families liars, and they didn't care. They've seen him be indicted four times on 91 felony counts, and they don't care. They watch 400,000 of their fellow Americans die from COVID that, according to the very centrist Brookings Institute, would not have died if Trump had taken the virus seriously and worried more about the people than the fact he didn't like how he looked in a mask. And if I can divert here for a moment... That's one thing that should have Trump blindfolded in front of a firing squad. For the first time in our nation's history, thanks to Donald friggin' Trump, a virus and a vaccine became a partisan thing. Before Trump, children wouldn't have been allowed to go to school if they weren't vaccinated. And nobody cried, tyranny! And members of our military, whom I have enormous respect for, but who, for reasons I will never fathom, supported Trump. When they were told they had to take the COVID vaccine, tyranny! Meanwhile, these guys were forced to take 17 or so vaccinations before they were even allowed to attend boot camp. And what do people on the right normally call public schools? Indoctrination centers for liberal woke ideology. Homeschooling is the way to go. But what did they say when schools were closed for COVID? Tyranny! How dare you keep my precious conservative snowflake home and away from liberal woke indoctrination centers? I hope these people don't homeschool. And I don't know what irks me more, their rampant, reeking Republican hypocrisy or their mind-numbing, sheer and utter stupidity. I know. Why not both? I'd like to slap these people so hard even Google wouldn't be able to find them. Normally, you have to pay admission to see freaks like this. These are the only people whose parents ask them to run away. And when their conversation with their friends turned to their children, their parents quickly changed the subject. I mean, their birth certificates are letters of apology from the condom factories. I'm not exactly sure what their problem is, but I'm guessing it's hard to pronounce. As outsiders, I wonder what they think of the human race. Earth is full. Go home. Jesus may love them, but everyone here on earth thinks they're idiots. Even Mr. Rogers would be disappointed in them. They should carry plants around with them to replace the oxygen they waste. In fact, somewhere there's a tree working tirelessly to produce oxygen for them. They owe it an apology.
It may well be that their only useful purpose in life will be as organ donors. But back to the conversation we were listening to, we now go back to Tara Setmeyer's response to what we just heard Joy Reed say. And I got to tell you, I don't see how anyone can disagree with a single word Tara says. And she runs the gamut on this one. She mentions all sorts of things you've heard on this very show, which by default means she's right on the money, right? You know, I'm not sure that gets through to them. They think of him as some sort of conquering world hero, but they're the only ones who think that. He is a joke around the world, and people are horrified by the thought that American voters would put him back in office. And I don't think they get that. Well, no, here's the thing. They wear it with a badge of valor because now it's the another uh, attribution to my friend Tom Nichols. It's the death of expertise. It's the death of education. It's the death of, of, of people who, you know, facts and truth. These people now have been conditioned over time to believe that it's the elitists laughing at you. Donald Trump, whether you, however you feel about him, I despise him. I think he's an, an embarrassment and a despicable, contemptible human being and represents the worst of us. But there are millions of Americans who see him as their voice. He has said this. I, when they attack me, they're attacking you. He's been a genius at convincing tens of millions of Americans that he's their champion when he despises them, actually. But this is, you know, for people who study cults and, and, and mob rule and how you're able to get so many people that are, are functioning out of grievance. There's so much grievance in this country that's not being addressed that Donald Trump is giving a voice to that. And they don't care what the rest of the world thinks. Why do you think he uses the term America first? which is taken from history back when Nazi Germany was rising and Americans were saying, no, no, we're not getting involved. That's over there. This is recycled stuff. We've seen this before. And so we need to learn from history that this does not end well unless it is put down. It has got to be stopped and repudiated a thousand times over and the earth salted over where it once stood. And yet you have an entire Republican Party from the leadership on down where the rot is so prevalent that they, people who know better, like Kevin McCarthy and the rest of them, have bought into it for political expediency, and now it's completely out of control. So the average American looks at the rest of the world and thinks, oh, we don't care if they laugh at us. We're going to defend America first, and we don't care what they think is their elitists. That is a problem, because it's much bigger than that. They're, you know, Our democracy is not to be laughed at, and that's what people need to understand, because when you lose it, you don't get it back to David's point. History has shown this. Um, God, I love me some Tara Setmeyer. I mean, wasn't that impressive and powerful? We have to get her on this show. I could talk to her for literally minutes <laughs> or, or longer. Just teasing. By the way, it's unanimous on the YouTube chat. Everybody says, I look good in pink. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I will take it as such. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you want to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE or SAVE. And if I may, while we're waiting for the phone board to just explode, I want to play you a clip from Tara from a few weeks ago. This is one of my favorites. In it, <laughs> she calls Donald Trump an, ignor an ignorant, gelatinous fool. Yeah, Donald Trump is completely unhinged. And as we watch his behavior, this is the behavior of a scared little boy. It's clear because he is so afraid of Jack Smith, 
Jack Smith is the polar opposite of Donald Trump, and he knows it. Trump is an ignorant, gelatinous fool, and he is undisciplined. He is uh, maniacal. He is a malignant narcissist. All the things that Jack Smith is not. Jack Smith is disciplined. He's focused. He's sharp. And guess what? He's in control. So whenever D Donald Trump starts to do this, we know that it's just a projection me mechanism because um, he doesn't have anything else. This is what fuels him. And it really, if we take a step back and look at the things that Donald Trump has, has tweeted out, has said, has uh, said publicly, this is a sick individual. And you have an entire Republican Party that is making excuses, using these spurious constitutional uh, excuses for his behavior. Their lives were endangered based on his behavior, and they're still defending him. He's a national security risk. They know it. He's a threat to our democracy. They know it. But they don't give a damn because they want to be in power, and they're cowards mm. to stand up to it. I think that that is incredibly infuriating for all of the Americans who are not part of this personality cult that follows Donald Trump. It's an insult to us as Americans that these people are trying to feed this BS to us as if, as if we didn't see it all happen, as, as, as if we're not watching it happen right now. There has to be accountability, and Jack Smith and his team and Judge Chutkin, they are all— going to make sure that under our law, because we're still a nation of laws, that Donald Trump is held accountable to this. And it's about time. Again, I love me some Tara Setmeyer. 221-7283 is our call in number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. Let's head to the phones and we'll talk to Roger. He is calling from Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Roger, you're first up. Thanks for calling. Hey, Doug. Good to talk to you again. It's uh, hard to call sometimes because I'm always on a delay watching your show on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> but uh, this time I'm up to date. Well, that's good to hear. So, uh, yeah, great stuff about uh, trying to encourage Biden to speak regularly about his accomplishments and how voting for him will help protect us from the tyranny that Donald Trump represents. Yeah. I mean, the right screams tyranny all day and all night long when it isn't true. I wish President Biden would scream it all day long when it is true. So do I. But unfortunately, they don't consult with me, Roger. Go figure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm insulted. <laughs> The trouble is, if if he does speak regularly on on national TV, he's probably not going to reach many of the people that need to hear his message. Yeah. And that's the only concern I have about the whole idea. Yeah. By the way, Roger, getting down to the most important element, do you think I look good in pink? <laughs> I do. From my perspective watching you right now, isn't that a white shirt? No, that's pink. Oh, wow. Well, the color's not quite coming through correctly then. Oh, son of a gun. Well, I'm sorry to yeah, hear that. Uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, Roger, I appreciate yeah. you checking in, buddy, and I appreciate you listening way sure. up in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, I, I always try to. And you know I appreciate it. Well, I hope more of us do soon, and sooner the better. Yep, I hear you. Hey, thanks, Roger. I appreciate it. 221-7283 is our call number here at the station, folks. That's 702-221-SAVE. Who's next, Justin? Sarah, Sarah, 
calling all the way from Texas. You are next. Thanks for calling. <laughs> you guys, I like it. I hate that song. By oh. way. I, I, I love that song. Really? I like the Hall and Oates there. So anyway, okay. Anyway, anyway, um, that's a, anyway, um, you do look good in pink. I, I, I'm not being sarcastic. Well, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, I, you know, that I liked your uh, analysis of, you know, they don't want, they wanted their kids back in public school, you know, when COVID was closed down and now they don't want their kids in public school because teachers are crazy. Uh, I mean, and, and we're just dealing with this crap in Midland right now. It's really the, the banning of books in libraries has gotten nutty here in Midland, nutty to, I, to where a county, a county commissioner is, is, is personally taking an army of, of people over to our public library and, and taking books off their cell, shelves and it's costing librarians and it, it's just and, and and but the good thing is is that there are 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 Republican people that showed up to the library along with me to try to stop these this crazy woman for doing it <laughs> who 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 stood up to her and said you know this is like the stuff in Nazi Germany like even Republicans are starting to get offended by these crazy Trumpers, which is a good thing. That's but good, I, just, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand why they're, again, why, why Biden, why Garland, why, why there isn't more outrage from our, from our federal officials, because it really is. I mean, my grandma, my grandma was a survivor of the Holocaust and she told me about the, all the things, the, the banning of the books and the, and the uh, indoctrinating people, and, and the, it's just and the demonization of the media. Yeah, and right. I don't understand why we don't hear more from 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 our president, from our vice president, from Merrick Garland, from our Justice Department. I don't understand it. You know what I think? Part of it might be Sarah. I think it's that it could be that they're isolated inside their own DC bubble and assume because their total, their, their lives are totally consumed and ensconced in this threat. They assume that everybody else knows it too. Meanwhile, they don't. Most people can tell you who won every Sunday NFL game and Monday, but they don't know the threat this democracy faces. No. And they, they, they cut out all, you know, civics, government, political science in classrooms. And I honestly believe that the reason was is to is was to to basically indoctrinate people. You know, they people don't know how to question. Yeah. But there are people questioning. They they don't I agree with you. They don't the, the the Democrats they don't come to Texas enough. They don't come to the Midwest enough. And they don't they don't understand like that there are people on the ground that are fighting for democracy in these small places. And they're they're It's, it's brave. Like I, I, I saw, I saw public Republican officials talk against this County commissioner in public and denounce her. And that's very brave because, you know, they may lose office now, Yeah. but, but, but that's, these people are heroes and, and, and they need to be, I mean, they, I honestly believe that we're going to fight, fight the war on the Republicans, uh, just like the Republicans did. Originally, they, they started at the local level, and I just believe we're not fighting enough at the local level. We fight for president every four, four years, but we don't fight for our city councilmen, our county commissioners, our school boards, 
And it's so important. I couldn't agree with you more, Sarah, and I appreciate you checking in. You have a good rest of your day, okay? Okay, thanks, Doug. Bye-bye. Hey, take care. 221-7283 is the caller number. That's 702-221-SAVE. Let's talk to Forrest. You're next. Thanks for calling. Yeah, hi, Doug. I've been listening. I'm I'm a new listener, and I just love everything you're saying, but I take a little different slant than you do. Um, Okay. I think Joe Biden loves the fact that Donald Trump is going to be his opponent. I, I really believe that. Uh, Joe beat him by 4.4% the last time, and I think Joe believes, and I believe, that that Joe Biden will beat him by more than 4.4% the next time. I don't see people swinging over and deciding that they made a mistake when they voted for Joe, and now they're going to vote for Trump. Yeah, exactly. um, And I think the abortion thing uh, question and the guns are really driving um, I, I kind of follow politics a little bit, and I think they're really driving these elections. Since November of last year, there's been eight uh, elections. The two biggest ones were Jacksonville, Florida, and Issue 1 in Ohio. And all eight tilted more toward the Democrats than anyone expected, um, including last night in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania yeah. where where we were, uh, the, the Democrat won by 27.2% in November, and this time um, she won by uh, a different Democrat, but the same race, won by 304 for a 3.2% movement. And that movement has happened across the United States in the last eight elections. So I, I I agree that Trump would be a horrendous, it would be the end of democracy if he was elected. Yeah. But um, the fact is, I, I see him having zero chance of being elected. And I really like, and I think Joe Biden likes the fact that it looks like Trump will be the Republican primary uh, winner. And uh, I, I think that's all good. I'd like to hear your comment. Well, you know, I agree. And the fact that you know so much about that Pennsylvania election last night shows me how close your nose is to the political grindstone. <laughs> I mean, that that's impressive. Well, it's, it's um, I try to follow these each election as it comes up, like uh, Ohio issue one came up um, very recently, and uh, it was supposed to be a very close election. And uh uh, it, it won by, uh, I believe, 14%. And um, uh, since Ohio is 8% red, that's a 22% shift. And um, that means a lot of Republican women and girls and independents are switching and voting for Democrats because of the abortion issue. And uh, that's been true for since November of last year. Anyway, I will let uh, other callers uh, jump in and um, love your show, and you have a good one. Hey, thank you, Forrest. You do the same. Two, two, oh, no point in giving the number out. We're almost at the end of the show. John, Big Bad John, you got the last word. Hey, Doug, I hope uh, that your radio station has provided you with a personal security detail because the ladies, when they after they get a glimpse of you in that pink shirt, are going to be clamoring. You're, when you leave, you're going to have trouble getting in your car. Uh, I wish you good luck. Well, John, 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 you know how much I hate to brag, but that happens uh, routinely anyway without the pink shirt. I have no doubt, man. I, mean, I, I, I jumped on YouTube. I had to see the pink shirt. Holy crap, ladies. Be careful. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a slayer. Forrest, I love you, man. 
your heart's in the right place, but uh, and I don't disagree with a single thing you said, but please keep that to yourself. We don't want to breed uh, complacency and uh, and arrogance, and uh, uh, there's just simply too much at stake. I agree. I want Biden to run against Trump, but if Trump does win, if he somehow pulls it out, uh, democracy is over. America, as we know, it is over, and I'm leaving the country, quite frankly. Uh, so I don't disagree with a single thing you said for us, but uh, in the future, please keep that to yourself. <laughs> okay, John, I hear you. They're playing our song. That means I got to run. But I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you all listening. We will do this all over again tomorrow, hopefully with you. Until then, take care.